0: Welcome, everyone, to Heal Like You Mean It by Susie Is Blessed. It's me, your host, Susie Is Blessed. I am so grateful that you are here. It's been almost a whole year since I unloaded the first episode of Heal Like You Mean It. If you took a listen to the first episode, the title was What's Wrong with the System? What's wrong with the system with Molly Roach? Here we talked about misunderstanding, mistreatment, and the lack of consent in the mental health care system that we have right now, especially in North America. We wanted to ask you what your experience with the healthcare system was. If you identified any of the flaws that we personally talked about from our own personal experiences, It was a very vulnerable moment for the both of us, but we both are people who genuinely love to share our personal experiences when it comes to healthcare abuse with any kinds of injustices in society and the relational culture. North America, Canada, globally, etc. We both are not ashamed of what we been through in the past and when we do feel ashamed we try to eradicate that through healing community getting together talking about it sharing about it and finding ways to heal our community and our personalities Thank you again for coming back to my podcast. The last episode was posted in 2021, October 20th. The long break was due to me graduating university, me having a nine to five job. You know, it's been a long journey for me. And now it is 2022, September 19th. So yeah, it actually has been exactly 11 months since I decided to launch my own podcast. I'm so very sorry for the ones who felt excited about the fact that I was going to become an actual content creator. Obviously, I have to pay the bills, so it was not a full-time thing. But behind the scenes, I haven't up on being a podcast host. I have been working on my coaching business. I've also been working on my side hobby as a YouTuber. And, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, if you're subscribed to my YouTube, you will know that I never take a day off when it comes to researching, practicing, and reaching out as a abuse survivor. So... If I may introduce myself again to you, I am a model, singer, dancer, writer, songwriter, (laughs) podcast host now, if I may say, and not a survivor, I am a thriver. So I just created this podcast because I wanted to create a community for all the individuals who has been through any form of abuse or if you haven't been a victim of abuse, I want to create a community where everyone can thrive spiritually, mentally, emotionally and you know, have us support each other when it comes to mental health, spiritual growth, expressing our sexuality in healthy spiritual ways. And, you know, obviously everything I talk about has some gray areas and everything I bring on this podcast will bring some form of hate maybe and there will be some, you know, negative feedback that goes for any podcast host, but I do believe that, you know, a lot of the things that I talk about can be controversial, especially because I am mostly against psychiatric treatment when it comes to mental health. So yeah i am so excited that you (laughs) stayed here and i'm interested about who i am as a person and what i bring to the table and what kind of conversations that i love to have with my fellow bpd survivors sexual assault survivors and etc so if i may ask you today How have you been? 2021 to 2022, it's been a rocky journey for me personally. I mean, there is the recession going on, and I pursued a degree that I wasn't 110% yay about. Um, I have worked in the sector that I studied in. Don't want to bring in my corporate life into the podcast, so that's going to be a bit personal. But, if I may communicate with you vaguely, I am essentially a creative person. I love to create every moment in time, every waking moment. I have ideas flowing through me, messages flowing through me, always want to share something with the world, even when I tend to contradict myself, you know, when it comes to for example, veganism, for example, femininity, a lot of things have a lot of nuance, which is also why I have my own podcast because I wanna be able to have that kind of constructive conversation where we give each other feedback and review our own self-concepts, review our own opinions and continuously grow as a community and now, you know, even a global community if I may reach out know connect with people in the states and europe asia etc but i do have a small community in where i reside in right now and i'm so grateful for the people that i meet i used to be an introvert back in college used to be an introvert back in maybe also even high school but you know my mbti test right now comes out as an extrovert which is so funny uh i am inherently an extrovert however i am very susceptible to different shifting energies so that brings me down to you know burnout sometimes and i think that me being an introvert in college was really uh, four or five years of burnout period and you might understand why that might have happened further along listening to my podcast so please stick around um you know a lot of personal stuff might be laid out but this isn't just about me this podcast really is about how we can heal together how you can heal through learning about other survivors lives and how we all come to thrive together So yeah, this all comes down to me introducing you to today's topic, how to properly support survivors. So yeah, that's the title today. How can we properly support our fellow survivors? And if you are not a survivor yourself, you know, I fairly had a um, normal childhood, normal teenagehood, normal adult relationships, um, whatever normal we (laughs) label as in society, if you are just someone who is an empathetic person or, you know, just a good human who wants to help other survivors thrive and prevent suicide, prevent self-harm, prevent psychiatric admissions, prevents any kind of, you know, mental health decline, it could go on and on. Yeah, stick around and listen to this episode. So first of all, obviously, the way to properly support a survivor is to validate. Because validation is such a big thing, right? When someone is chronically, you know, you might not be able to cultivate healthy self-trust. And when someone doesn't have self-trust, they tend to rely on other things such as drugs, alcohol, prescriptions, Uh, Even the healthcare system and it can even come down to being dependent on our partner, dependent on a friend in a toxic way, etc. So this all comes down to me saying that validation is so important for survivors So I want to share three sentences that I tend to get when I share my survival story. And these are some icky comments that I get. And if you are someone who tends to share these icky comments when you hear survival stories, I do not want to criticize you. I don't want to tell you, oh, this is something you shouldn't be saying. You are wrong for saying that. You are harmful for saying that. That is totally not what I want to say but I do want to share that it can feel a little bit icky for survivors when they hear these three sentences. And it's good to be aware. I mean, we might still slip up and say these things, which is, you know, not a problem. But, you know, if we want to be a great supporter, maybe there are better ways to validate and support our survivor friends. So number one is I'm sorry that happened to you. So why is that a problem? I mean, I am sorry that happened to you. What happened to you sucks. Like, if, if someone sexually abused you, if uh, your guide guardians abused you, I'm sorry that happened to you. But I personally know as a survivor, it really sucks when someone tells me, I'm sorry that happened to you because You know, you're not the person who did that to me. So why are you sorry? And I appreciate your concern, but something about saying I am sorry, I apologize that that happened to you makes you feel small and it makes you feel very weak. And I have my best friends, my partner, my, I don't know, whoever I'm close with. Saying this sentence to me in order to validate, in order to be a good friend, good supporter. But the harsh reality is I don't want you to be sorry for me. I don't want you to feel sorry that I was a victim to abuse. I don't want you to feel any type of sorrow about the fact that I was so strong enough to injure something and come out the other end. And there are also survivors who weren't able to come out the end just yet. And there are survivors who might have just experienced it a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. And, you know, maybe for them, sorry that happened to you might be helpful. But coming from personal experience i don't like how my body feels how my nervous system feels how i physically feel when someone says i'm sorry unless it's my abuser himself so when you say sorry that happened to you i feel like ooh maybe i should feel maybe i should still be feeling like the victim because i frankly don't feel like the victim anymore i have healed enough to a point where i am empowered i feel like a strong independent woman i feel capable of doing so many things such as hosting my own podcast going for you know corporate jobs that i want to be in even though you know every day can be a battle sometimes i might have poor executive function compared to other non-survivors but I still don't want my close friends to be sorry about the thing that happened to me personally four or five years ago, right? So I don't mean to say that that sentence is horribly wrong, but I do want to provide you with some better ways to support our fellow survivor friends, and we'll get to that later. But number two of the icky comments that I get when I share my survival story, so Number two is, you are so brave for sharing that. You're so brave for sharing that. So what's so icky about that comment? Well, sometimes survivors go through a phase of oversharing and I definitely been that person as well. Now I've come to create my own boundaries and I only want to share it in personal platforms and people who are really close to me that I already truly trust, um, and also my podcast where I have a clear intention of supporting survivors and giving helpful information to non-survivors about the, per- the personal perspectives of being a survivor. However, I don't want to hear your so brave for sharing that when I share that with a friend when... Me, personally, I think that I should be able to share something that truly deeply impacted me and completely changed me as a person four to five years ago, right? When you are a survivor of abuse, what tends to happen is your whole world changes. Your whole universe goes upside down. I mean, frankly, I don't know where I would be as a creator if the abuse did not happen to me. You know, in a different universe, maybe I would be in a place where I'm just a full-time singer or I'm just a full-time corporate manager slash whatever, coordinator, assistant. Um, But frankly, because I have a unique history of being a quote-unquote victim, I became someone who channels my creativity through supporting other survivors and i don't feel any shame in that because after doing my research and after meeting a lot of different healing women wow the statistics of people and mostly women being abuse survivors is such a common thing like it, it sucks but it's that's the reality of it and if you want me to bring the statistics actual numeric ones i mean we can do that in our next episode but Yeah, I don't want to, it's kind of icky to hear you're so brave for sharing that because I don't want to be praised for sharing something that was just so effing life-changing for me because, you know, it might sound sarcastic, but if I didn't tell you about my history of survival, frankly, you wouldn't really know me because me being a survivor takes up such a huge part of who I am and I don't want to identify and I don't want to take pride in the fact that I'm a survivor because it still sucks that I had to be a survivor but that still doesn't change the fact that my personality, my creativity, and all of that was deeply impacted and wounded by my history of many many years of survival when i am telling you about my survival history i'm just trying to connect with you i'm just trying to show you who i truly came to be as a woman became who i didn't choose to be but i actually chose to become a strong empowered woman and i know that i'm still a strong empowered woman even if i didn't have to survive such abuse but if i want to know you and if you want to know me i had no other choice but to share that with you do you understand that i didn't have a choice i didn't have a choice in the abuse and i didn't have a choice in sharing that because i want to get to know you and i frankly, love you as a human being, I love you as a friend that I chose. And I'm not going to share my survival story with just a random stranger that I met on the street. Like for example, yesterday I was connecting with a career coach and she's in her 30s, she's Korean, you know, she's also an NFP in the MBTI personality spectrum or test results You know we connected deeply and talked about many many things and many struggles in life but i had to hold my tongue about my survival story because frankly i do not know her yet and that's just something that i would never share with someone that i just met and it actually is very very hard for a survivor to not share that story sometimes because it deeply wounded us and it is a part of us that is nagging at us almost every morning and night so as someone who is so bright and creative and productive like me sometimes I do have to share my survival story in order to connect because sometimes I want to tell people like it wasn't always easy for me and there were many times where I gave up you know I can't say that I never gave up I had times I gave up and those times that I gave up it was a horrible story. It, it I wince when I look back on that, right? So, icky comment number two, you're so brave for sharing that. Yes, very true. I am brave for sharing that. But it is truly hard, me personally, for me to hear someone tell me, that the story that I'm sharing is something that takes bravery to share when for me, it just so easily happened to me when I wasn't even looking. It just happened to me out of nowhere when I didn't even intend it. It just randomly happened to me like a thunderstroke from, you know, the sky. Out of nowhere, I didn't see it coming. I didn't predict it. I didn't ask for it. I didn't even look out for it it just happened out of nowhere and now me sharing that story is somehow so brave and courageous then was it brave and courageous for me to have called upon that experience towards myself right it's all those overthinking messages that i get From media, society, all of that, it's truly difficult. So when you say you're so brave for sharing that, I know you're well-intended. And I also agree that it might be brave. But I just think that there are better ways to support a survivor than calling them brave for sharing a story that is such a core wound for them sometimes. It, It could really be a core wound that they battle with every day and you know you just want to share it sometimes it's just like a thing that leaks out sometimes and it takes a lot of healing for some people to pack that into a small box and hide it away number three of icky comment personal survival history is i couldn't imagine that happening to me Oh, I could I just couldn't imagine that happening to me. I don't know how you how you survived that. I don't know how you must have felt. And this is also another validation that we get which we're I'm personally very thankful that you are validating my experience. Yes, it is hard. Yes, it is difficult. Yes, it's something that could kill someone to go through something like that having to survive in a world where you really shouldn't have to survive unless you're getting eaten alive by a tiger or something, right? Surviving relational abuse, systemic abuse, or any kind of, you know, guardian abuse is... I I know that you couldn't imagine that happening to you if you t- if it didn't happen to you. But we don't want to feel special for having experienced that, right? Because we're so special inherently. Everyone is so special. Like I'm a model and a creator, but some other people are just amazing accountants, or they're just like amazing computer scientists, or they're amazing um, physicians. Everyone has their own talents and what makes them so special. But I don't think anyone really wants to be special for being an abuse survivor. Does that make sense? Because the very reason why I create this content isn't because I think I'm any special for being a survivor. I don't want to be special for being a survivor. Because that clouds, that really clouds the other qualities that I have that makes me special as a human being. So that's the reason why I couldn't imagine that happening to me which also might imply you're so special for have survived that, it can feel icky for a survivor. I mean, many things can feel icky for a survivor, right? And also don't want to say it's up to the listener to cater to all those icky feelings. Like sometimes it's up to the survivor to endure that and heal that and communicate that and create boundaries and, you know, be your own guidance, be your own guardian for your own heart you know, but I also think it's 50-50. It shouldn't be all up to the survivor to endure those icky feelings and that's what I'm here for, right? Because I want to stand up for survivors who don't know how to communicate that those things feel icky to them because I've come to a point where I've healed myself. I've healed enough of my core wounds that I can be A voice to other survivors right this is my first step this is just the second episode but if there are other survivors out there who are listening to my podcast and if you are not at the point yet who feel healed enough healed enough to the point where you can share your own story don't hesitate to reach out to me through email through my social media channels through comments you know dms Just tell me what you want me to channel through um, the community and what you want others to know about being a survivor. So I kind of went on a tangent, but now I want to tell you what are some better ways to validate and support a survivor instead of those three examples of quote-unquote icky comments. So the first one for me would be personally better days are ahead of you and i hope i can support you in that journey right that leaves someone at a very positive note better days are ahead of you i'm so sure of that and i hope that i can be of support to you in that journey of meeting your better days right and the second one would be so how is life now is life after abuse treating you better now Or do you need any support from me or someone else in order to get there, right? So this is offering real support. And if you feel like you don't have the resources or tools or emotional availability to be a support for a survivor, you can just say, well, thank you for sharing that. And how is life now? Is life after what happened being, you know, becoming any better for you? And if not, can I... You know help you get to the resources that you need can i find you a trauma coach can i find you a good podcast can i find you you know something that could really be of support and i don't know how just you know educate me how does your body feel when you share this story and can i help you ease anything you know can i hold your hand right and the third thing I want to share that might not be icky for a survivor to hear after sharing their survival story would be how is still impacting you now if you're okay with sharing that and how are you working to deal with that? How are you working to heal that? Can I offer you a hug or a nice warm cup of tea to show you my support, right? Because it doesn't Need you know survivors don't need a grand gesture to heal themselves because healing really comes by one step at a time. It doesn't just happen overnight. So what you can really do that might actually be a negative impact to a survivor is oh my god that is horrible. Do you want me to call a therapist? Do you want me to call a psychiatrist? Do you want me to, you know, get you a caseworker? Blah, blah, blah. Do you want to go to the hospital? You know, all those things are dramatizing what they're going through. Because even if, even if what they're going through is the worst thing you've ever heard, start small, you know, validate their feelings, but don't make their nervous system become hypersensitive by you not being able to regulate your own nervous system when you hear such stories right because the world can be so harsh but when everyone around you is telling you that your life is horrible your life sounds bad your life sounds hard to survive then it actually becomes even harder for the survivor to survive so you know start small even if you want to get them to a bigger support system, always make sure to keep small steps and just start with, do you want me to offer you a hug? You know, is is that okay? Or can I bring you a warm cup of tea? Do you want me to buy you some bubble tea? Like you shared something so, something that might be so intense for you and I'm kind of sensing that. And you know, do you want me to make you a soup? Do you want to go for a walk in the park with me and kind of breathe through this with me? Like, let me hold space for you, right? All these little things that you can offer for a friend, make that a habit. And it might become so much easier to interact with other survivors because survivors are really all around us. And when we create that habit of offering tiny steps, tiny support. Then we can also make it easier for both the survivor and ourselves to create bigger support systems and ultimately healing everyone in the community. I hope this was helpful for you. The three icky comments that a lot of survivors tend to get when they share their survival history, and the three better comments, in my personal experience, that might actually help the survivor's nervous system calm down after sharing their survival history. Thanks for listening to Heal Like You Mean It, and please stay tuned for episode 3. It's not going to be the next year when I publish it because now it's going to be very, very consistent. I'm so grateful for everyone who waited for me to get back on my podcast. Love you.